your Bibles, turn to Ruth chapter 2 this morning. Ruth chapter 2 this morning. I'll tell you, it's in the Old Testament. She don't realize how that song she just sung goes along with the message this morning. It's, a, it's wonderful and a blessing to read your Bible. Amen, amen. Uh, it's good to know where the books are in the Bible or at, amen. It's also that you come familiar with the things that you're reading. In the, and I think you ought to study and show thyself approved. You ought to know what the scriptures say. God's people should be people of the Bible. But there is also a hindrance when you come so familiar with the scriptures. Because we have a tendency of just, well, I've read that over and over before. I know what it's going to say and I know what's going to happen. So we tend to just really just gleam over it. But can I tell you, if, if you just ask God to give you a fresh look and you drop that bucket down in the well of God's Word, you're going to pull out that fresh Word and then you're going to see it for something that's never been seen before because I'm telling you, His well never runs dry. This book is a living book. It changes each time. Uh, you can open it up and read the same Scripture every day uh, and get something new out of it. I, I tell you, just don't read the Scriptures. Ask God to show you something fresh in the Bible that you're reading this morning. Ruth chapter 2. I'm going to read a little bit this morning. Uh, and I'm going to expound on it. Then I'll let you go. Uh, remember the night we're doing our series again on help from the mountains tonight. And uh, I still am trying to figure that one out for the night. So y'all pray for me. But let us stand chapter 2. I'm going to read the, uh, uh, let's read the, let's, well, let's just start at first number 1. That's the good place to start. We don't know where to start. Start at the beginning. And Naomi had a kinsman, and her husband a mighty man of wealth, and her family of Amalek, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabites said unto Naomi, Let me now go into the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned into the field after the reapers, and had hap, and was light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the kinsman, kindred of Elimelech. And after Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servants, What was said over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servants that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabish damsel, and came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you let me gleam and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and have continued even from the morning until now, and that she tarry a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not thy daughters? Go not to gleam into another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast in my maidens. 
Let thine eyes be on the fields that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men, and they shall not touch thee? And when thou art artist, artist, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in the eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for all that you do. We thank you for each one that's here. Lord, open our hearts. Lord, receive a message that we stand in. Of. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You know the story of Ruth. Uh, if you don't, let me catch you up on it. In chapter 1, we find a man named Elimelech. And then he has a wife named Naomi and two sons, Milan and Chilion. And the Bible said because there was a great famine in the land, uh, he relocates his family to a Gentile country called Moab. And when they get down to Moab, the Bible said that this man, Elimelech, dies suddenly. And his two sons have taken wives uh, in that country. And one wife was named Oprah and the other one's named Ruth, which the book is named after this morning. Ruth, uh, uh, not long after the father dies, the, both of the son dies. Naomi begins to hear where they came from, her own country. God had visited the people there and there's bread in the house of God. So Naomi said, Naomi said, I am going back to my land. It says, y'all can stay here. Oprah, Oprah said, I'll stay here. But Ruth said, where thou goest, I'll go. Where thou lodgest, I'll lodgest. Where thou die, that's where I die. So these two women were come back to her country beaten down, battered, harsh life and was full of unfortunate uh, circumstances. In chapter 1, there's nothing but one long discouragement depressing about a couple of women who have lost it all. They wind, they wind up with baggage down to the bottom. Everything that seems to go wrong in their life has gone wrong in their lives. But I'm glad that the story don't end there. I'm glad that when chapter 1 ends, chapter 2 begins and sets the stage for the rest of the book. Chapter 2, verse 1, enters this man named Boaz. The Bible said that he was a mighty man. He came from Bethlehem. Now you can't miss the importance of this morning of what this man is a picture of this morning. He's a mighty man. He comes from a family in Elimelech. The name Elimelech means God is king this morning. He comes from a family where God is king. He also comes from the town called Bethlehem. Well, I know somebody else in the New Testament that fits the same bill that points to this royal family, uh, the one that was born in Bethlehem. He came to the redeemer of the such broken, all who was battered uh, he, and all that was bruised. Uh, he was the one that, uh, who had no hope. He was the hope for. And when everybody hits bottom, that's where they came to him. Here's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And one of the beautiful things in case of this great God's grace here we find that Ruth gets to this place where she meets this man. She begins to have this 
kindness on her. This is what she said. I have no idea why a man like you, the man of your stature, the man of who you are, would show grace unto me to somebody you don't know. I'm even a stranger. I had found, don't know why I found grace in your eyes. Why would you even think of me? I'm a stranger. I'm a Gentile. Why would you have anything to do with me? The simple answer is, it was grace. The simple answer is, it was unmerited favor this morning. I'd like to preach this morning for a few minutes on this thought. I have found amazing grace. Or amazing grace has found me. Amen. You know what I thank uh, uh, God of this morning? That I, I thank God for grace. Uh, uh, the main staple all the way from Genesis all the way through the Revelation. Somebody said, where do you find grace in the Bible? You just open up the Bible. Every page in the Word of God is covered with grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but Revelation ends it says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all amen grace starts in Genesis and runs always through revelations and we find grace everywhere in between we find grace has an of all an almighty God this morning it was grace that clothed Adam and Eve in coats of skin when they sinned against God. It was grace that Noah found in the eyes of God and Noah got on his ark and saved his family. It was grace that called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldeans and made a great nation out of it. It was God's amazing grace that took Joseph from the pit to the prison to the palace and it made a way. It was God's grace that brought Israel out of Egypt and the blood of the Passover lamb. It was God's grace uh, that uh, brought uh, 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 down the uh, rain down manna at morning time for them. It was God's grace to send a Savior of glory into this world to be born of a virgin. It was God that was led him to the top of Calvary where he stretched forth his arms and paid the price of sin for every man, woman, boy, and girl this morning. Can I say it was God's grace in our life that we're going down. We were heading to hell. I was on my way to hell. I was finding no place. I was burdened down. But it was God's grace that reached down and touched my heart and saved my soul. I thank God for his amazing grace this morning. I know what God's amazing grace is like this morning. I know what God can do. Let, let my Savior change your life. I know what He can do. No wonder the songwriter called it amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a rich like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but thank God, now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. It's been grace from the start, and it will be grace to the very end. Someone said that grace said that grace is this, God's unmerited favor. I like that definition. I like that definition. Someone said, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. 
call it whatever you like, it's still amazing grace. It still touches. It still saves. It still heals. It's nothing like God's grace this morning. I, I read a story, Edwin Landseer. He, he was a, a, a very famous port uh, artist in, in, in the mid-1700s. The royal families were all looking for this guy to paint pictures of the families, to get them together, and he would paint pictures. He, he painted all over, and, and this uh, one person got him to come to their mansion to, to paint a uh, 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 picture of the family there, and, and he got there, but the family was gone. And he started waiting for him. While he was waiting there, one of the servants came in, and she tripped and spilled some water or uh, drink on the wall. And it created a big stain on the wall. They were in fear. She was scared. In order to fix this stain, they had to take the whole entire wall and redo it and repaint it. But Mr. Edwin said, hold up. Let me take a look. He went over to that stain, got to looking at that stain there, and he got to get his paint artist out, he got his sketches out, and he started on that wall, that stain, uh, and he started painting trees uh, and a waterfall, and that, that stain was a center focus of his picture, and he got to looking at it, and the next thing you know, he done put all the things, and what it was, it was a beautiful picture that he took a stain, and he said, hey, uh, that they looked at it, and says, what a beautiful picture that started out with a stain. Can I tell you this? You and I have sin stained. You and I have got number stains. And God said He's going to take out His artist and He's going to paint over you and He's going to clean you up and He's going to make you something beautiful out of the stained sin of your life. Amen. Pray. I'm about ready to go. I'm about ready to go. I, I, that, I'm telling you, what a thought of the same stained sin, guilt, life that we have. And God says, I'll take you. I'll clean you up. I'll make you something beautiful for my glory. I'm glad that grace can look down and take the sins in our lives and says, I forgive you. Praise God. I read another story. This missionary, well, that was free. I read another story of this missionary gave her an account of this family. There's a mother and her husband had passed away. She had a little daughter. Beautiful girl. Lived in a little hut. Slept on the ground. Then the girl grew up and says, I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to do this. She left a note one day to her mother says, I'm going to the town. I'm going to the big city. I'm going to make something of myself. She didn't realize when she left her mother's house that when she got to the big city, that the big city engulfed her and everything went wrong. She didn't do what she wanted to do. It engulfed her. And next thing you know, she's in the depths of the sin. She's in prostitution. She's working in the bars. She done fell so far down that she didn't realize how she could get up and how she was going to hang it from day in to day out. That was her life. And her mother was still crying. Her mother was worried about what's going on. Her mother didn't have enough money to uh, post pictures of her daughter. So what her mother did, took all the coins that she had and went to one of those photo books and took pictures of herself. 
She took a bunch of pictures, and here she goes. She goes everywhere she goes. She goes into the stores, and she goes into the bars. She goes in the bathroom, and she's leaving a picture of herself. And she wrote on the back of every one of those pictures. She left a picture here. She left a picture at the bar. She left a picture everywhere she was. And one day that girl, that her daughter got up, and she went in the bathroom. She said, that's my mother. That's my mother's picture. She went over and grabbed that picture and started holding it. She flipped it over and read on it and says, no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, come on, come on. Ain't that what God has told us? No matter how far you've gone, no matter what you have done, just come home. Just come home. Amen. Woo. I'll get to the message in a minute. Woo. Praise God. I found amazing grace. I was on my way to hell, lost without God or His Son. But God reached down to my heart. said, come home. I'll paint you up. And they'll never see that stain of sin in your life again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Look at this. Let me give you three things about this amazing grace. I hope it helps you. The look of amazing grace. Then Boaz said, Boaz and his servant that was set over the reapers. Now watch the look. Whose damsel is this? I like this because we see the look of God's amazing grace, we find that the fact that Ruth is not looking for Boaz. She's not looking for Boaz, but Boaz takes a look at Ruth. Can I give you some good news this morning? When you weren't looking for God, when you weren't thinking about God, God was looking for you. God says, I, I see you. You might not have looked for God. You might have got up in that bar on stool and sat there at the bar and got drunk. I'm not thinking about God, but God was still looking for you. God saw you. God looked at you. And let me just tell you, thank God that he was looking for me. Now watch the look of amazing grace. He looked past who she was. Mm. <laughs> look what they tell him about this, about her in verse number six. And the servants said that she was the, uh, said over the reapers, and answer said, this is the Moash. You know what the Bible says about Moab. The Bible said that Moab was God's washing pot. That's where all the people were dirty. Uh, people hang out in the wrong places. It was a Gentile country. Who, whose damsel is this? They said she's the Moabish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. She does not come from the right side of the tracks. She comes from the land where people worship pagan gods. Uh, at that point, uh, if it was nothing but amazing grace, uh, uh, immediately Boaz says, forget her. He could have said, I, I don't want her here. I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with this woman. I don't want her in my life. I don't want her in my fields. 
But it's nothing but amazing grace. He said, hey, don't, just don't need that in my life. As a matter of fact, Ruth keeps reminding him who she is in verse number 10. Why should that take knowledge of me seeing I'm a stranger? Verse 13, she says, though I be not like unto thy handmaidens. Can I give you some good news this morning? God has never showed grace on a sinner because of who the sinner was. <laughs> God has never shown grace on a sinner because of who the sinner was. He doesn't show grace. He looks at a sinner this morning based on what he has done. He shows grace based on what Jesus has done this morning. Can I say that He doesn't love us because of who we are? We love, he loves us because of who God is this morning. He's amazing grace this morning. He looks past what we've done. He looks past from what I've been. He looks past from I'm on the wrong side of tracks. I was born into this. I lived that lifestyle. He's looking past it and beyond that and says, hey, I want to show you some amazing grace this morning he looks past our life of past sin failures and aren't you glad of it aren't you glad that God looks past our sins I, I know a lot of Baptists that cannot look past anything I'm telling you talking about stabbing your own in the back I know some Baptists won't look past anything I, I know a lot of Baptists are like elephants. They don't forget nothing. Amen. They don't forget their, their, their they don't forget what you've done, and they don't let you forget what you have done. I'm so glad that God said. I'll forget your sins. They're in the sea of forgiveness. I'll remember no more. I'm so glad that God is not a Baptist. Amen. You can just say amen on that. Praise God. He looked past what she could offer. You know what Ruth has to offer? Ruth has baggage. She got burdens. She's lost her husband. She's lost her brother-in-law. She's lost her father-in-law. She's lost everything. She's been relocated out of her country to another foreign country. She has nothing to offer but baggage and burdens. She was sacked full of burdens. She's got nothing but baggage. You say, what baggage? She's living with her mother-in-law. Go ahead and say amen there. Living with her mother-in-law. Whoever gets Ruth is going to have all of her baggage all of her burdens and her mother-in-law. You know what Boaz has to offer? Look at verse number one. It said that he was a mighty man of wealth. She has nothing to offer and he has everything to offer. 
I'm glad this morning that when I came to Jesus one day by faith, I had nothing to offer him. I had nothing but burdens. I had nothing but baggage. I was dragging sin around with me. I was covered with filth. I was lost and undone. I had nothing to offer to him. But Jesus said, hey, I've got everything to offer to you this morning. No matter what I brought, it didn't deter him one bit. He kept on loving me. He kept on looking me. He kept on being Lord. Thank God this morning. It doesn't matter how many burdens you come with or how much baggage you're carrying. He keeps just keeps on saying, come, come just like you are. I'll take you this morning, no matter how bad it is. How is that possible? It's God's amazing grace this morning. We, we see the look of amazing grace. We, we see the leading of amazing grace. Watch how grace leads her to this man. Verse number 14. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and, the, and reached in her parched corn, and she did eat and was uh, sufficed. And she left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and the reproach her not. And let, some, let fall also some of the handful of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. We see the leading of this amazing grace. It led her to his field. I, I love this. I love this. It's leading. He's throwing out a, a handful of pits of, of purpose. You keep on coming. Keep on coming. He just keeps throwing that purpose out. You just keep on coming. You just keep on coming. He keeps throwing that purpose out. Leading her. And where she winds up at is at the feet of Boaz. Mm. Mm. Can I tell you this morning, listen to me, I, I want you to get this, I'm telling you, the same thing God did with you and me. You think you're here by accident. You think because you're here, I just got it. No, no. God led you. God started throwing some purpose out. Says, come on here. Come on here. I want you to follow me. Somebody might have invited you to church and said, hey, that's just an accident. No. God brought the paths together and said, hey, that's what happened. I'm throwing a little bit of purpose out. I'm throwing a little bit of purpose out. And next thing you know, you're sitting in church wondering, how did I get here? And God just throwed a little bit more purpose out leading and guided you and next thing you know you're laying at the altars and how did I get here because God directed your path to the altar God was leading you and next thing you know you find yourself at the foot of Jesus Christ amen and let me just say this what a wonderful place to be what a wonderful place to be at the foot of Jesus Christ you see the leading of grace that led her to his fields now, Ruth thinks she wound up there by accident. She said, that's just by accident I got here. But watch verse number three. And when she went, she came and gleamed in the fields after the reapers. And watch these three words. And her hap was to light on the part of the fields belonging to Boaz, who was in the kindred of Elimelech. That word hap is where we get our word happenstance. A chance. 
just a lucky accident. That, that's how she feels. She feels that she just wound up by there by chance. No, that was God leading. That's God leading. There, there was a God that was drawing her, drawing her out. It's no accident that we are here where we are. God has led each and every one of us this place at this time. And we find ourselves, God has been leading us all along with a handful of purpose. And we wind up in the arms of Jesus Christ this morning. And like I said, grace led her to the feet. Verse 7, and when Boaz had eaten and drank, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came shortly and uncovered his feet and laid down. At his, and it came past at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thy handmaiden. Spread therefore thy skirt, open thy handmaiden, for thou art near kinsman. Do you know what got her to the feet? It was all that leading. All that leading got her to the feet. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. God leads us. God gleans. God pulls us. He's putting that purpose for us. And God's goodness is leading you today. Oh, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But not only is you following you, God's mercy is leading us. He's given us. Look, look at chapter number four. Chapter number four. I want you to see the love of amazing grace. It, it ain't enough to just have the look. It ain't just enough to have the leading. There got to be some love mixed up in there. This is the redeeming love. Look at verse number three. And he said unto the kinsman Naomi, that's come out again of the country of the Moab, selleth the parcel of land which has brought Imelech. And I brought to advise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants, before the elders of the people. If thou will redeem it, redeem it. But if thou will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Don't have time to read all of it, but you read it, go home and read it. But Boaz wants to redeem Naomi, and especially Ruth to himself. But there's a kinsman in the family closer than Boaz, and he has the first right of refusal. That was the law. If Boaz is a picture of grace and the law came by Moses' grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, if Boaz is a picture of grace, then the near kinsman has the first right of refusal. It was the law. You see, the law came in and God sent Jesus Christ after a while. You see, law has bound us, but grace has set us free this morning. Verse number 5, Then Boaz said, What a day thou bowest to feel in the land of Naomi. Thou must buy it also Ruth and Moabias and the wife of the dead to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. 
Look down at verse number 9. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, Yea, are witness of this day that I am in, have bought all that was in Elimelech's and all that was the Chilion and Melion, all the hands of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Melon, have I purchased to be my wife. We find that, that the, the law steps up, just like in our case. The law stepped up and said, you've got to do this, you can't do that, you've got to be like this, you've got to keep the Ten Commandments, you've got to keep the ceremonial laws, you've got to keep the sacrificial laws, uh, and, and you can't do that. None of us can keep it. They couldn't even keep it. And we got to the end of ourselves. And law was a schoolmaster that brought us unto the Jesus Christ. That God, when he, the law said, I can't do no more but condemn you, grace steps up and says, I can pardon you. I can redeem you this morning. I can save you this morning. That God for the day that amazing grace reached down and stepped up and didn't leave us condemned, but redeemed us with His redeeming love this morning. Look at it. In that day, now it said in verse number seven, now if it's a matter of the former the time of Israel concerning the redeeming and concerning changing for the confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor and bought it as a testimony. I, I, I love what it said there. That if the near kinsman, get the, I love this, that the near kinsman had the first chance of refusal, he says, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Boaz says, I will. So that near kinsman, in order to say, hey, this is a sign, this is a testimony, I'm going to take my shoe off and I'm going to give it to you. There'll be a witness and a testimony for all time that you have been the one that redeemed us. You are the one that redeemed us. Now, there's no writing on the shoe. There, there's nothing significant about the shoe, but it is forever a testimony and witness that Boaz redeemed Naomi and Ruth. And I see this. <laughs> Ruth and uh, Boaz had a son. Obed. <laughs> I, I see this little boy, rambling like a little boy does, going through some boxes and looks and sees this old shoe sitting there and says, well, this ain't no good. It ain't but one. I can't have no fun with this. And Ruth said, hey, what you got? He said, I got this old shoe. It don't mean nothing. Let's throw it away. She said, oh, no, son. Oh, no, son. You don't understand what this shoe means. You only know your mama now. But there was a time I was lost. There was a time I was not redeemed. There was a time that I could not find peace. There was a time I was carrying baggage. But your daddy, he came along and said, I'll, I'll redeem you. This means so much. This means so much. The shoe is a picture of the redeeming love that Boaz shared. You say, hey, I, I, I don't have a picture. Yeah, you do. You've got the Word of God. All through the Word of God is a picture of how God redeemed you, how God has brought you back to Himself. I love that. 
He shows us in His words that He has bought us, He's purchased us, and He's given us all the things that we need. Thank God for that. Thank God. But not only does that, it's a redeeming love, but it's a restoring love. Verse number 13. Mm, you got to love this. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. Now, did I tell you, he had a son named Obed. He grew up and had a son named Jesse. He grew up and had a son named David. Boy, I'm telling you. Right in that language. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he get, went unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which they have not left thee in this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thy old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better than thee, than seven sons have borne him. Grace restores what guilt and grief has stolen from you this morning. We have grace that personified in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And can I tell every one of you sitting here in this building this morning, every one of us have the opportunity to be a Ruth this morning. You had the opportunity to be a Ruth this morning. Be redeemed by his other love. Be redeemed and restored by his other precious, amazing grace this morning. Are you redeemed this morning? Do you have his amazing grace this morning? What a Savior. Can you be redeemed? Yes, you can, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. God still loves you. He's still calling you. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. And I'll set you in places that you never thought you'd see before. Have you been redeemed this morning? I have found amazing grace. Have you found amazing grace this morning? 